today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. They did not want to sacrifice what they had to become ruler, okay? But then the trees go to the bramble. Do you know what a bramble is? It is a thorn bush. They go to a thorn bush, right? And the only thing a bramble was good for was fueling fire. The bramble was speaking of Abimelech. Nothing good was going to come from him. The only thing that was going to come from him was a disaster. This passage shows us that God is sovereign, that God is active, and that God is just. Pastor Eric will take us through Judges chapter 9 and help us to understand how God is using different people to accomplish His purposes. May our life be more than a disaster. May it be used by God for His glory. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges chapter 9 verse 1 for today's study. We've been studying about Gideon and how awesome of a life Gideon's life was and that he was a man of valor. The Lord used him in a mighty way to defeat the Midianites uh, who had a mighty army and Israel did not have a mighty army but God used 300 men to go and battle the Midianites and sure enough God gave the victory, did he not? And then we have just been learning about him and, and just is amazing to see his faithfulness to God. But now guess what? Gideon's dead. Gideon is dead. No more Gideon. Therefore, Israel does not remember the Lord their God who had delivered them from the hand of the Midianites. It tells us that in chapter 8, 34, the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God who had delivered them from the hand of their enemies on every side. And guess what else they didn't do? Verse 35, nor did they show kindness to the house of Jerubal, that is Gideon, in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. He died and the children of Israel forget about him. They forget what he did. They forget what God most importantly did. They forget and turn back to their wicked ways. Well, that brings us to chapter 9, you guys. Now, before we look at chapter 9, in life, there are a few things that everyone gets to participate in. Do you know what those are? Well, one of them is making taxes and death. Yeah, you get to participate in that. But that's not what I was looking for. Uh, every one of us gets to participate in making decisions, right? We all make decisions. Every single one of us, we get to participate in making decisions. Decision-making is one of those things that we all get the pleasure of doing. Now, I want to share with you guys a young man who was appointed to be a president of a bank, okay? He's, a, he's, a, he's appointed to be the new president of this bank, and uh, he's pretty intimidated by his new position. He's pretty intimidated by it. Uh, I mean, being a president of a bank, that's pretty intense, and so he was nervous, and so he sought the advice of his gray-haired predecessor, right? He goes to him, and he asks them, what is the secret of your success? What is the secret of your success? And the older man replied, right decisions, right decisions. But how do you make those decisions? Oh, that's a good question. One word, experience experience. But how do you get experience? The old man smiled and he said two words, wrong decisions. He said two words, wrong decisions. That's how you get experience. 
But guys, there's another way to make right decisions than making the wrong decision. Would you guys want to know that? (laughs) Because, you know, when we make wrong decisions, it usually brings pain, (laughs) frustration. But another way that we can make right decisions is being obedient to the ways of the Lord. Being obedient to God's ways, He will guide us in making the right decisions. If we follow the desires of the flesh, then we're going to probably make some wrong decisions. In fact, I can probably guarantee it. But if we follow the Spirit of the Lord, He will guide us into His ways. And His ways are not our ways. They're so much better, so much greater. So Israel, you guys, are faced with a decision tonight in chapter 9. They have a decision Are they going to follow their flesh or are they going to follow the Spirit of God? So with that, let's jump into chapter 9 and begin in verses 1 through uh, 6, I believe. Yeah, okay. So then Abimelech, the son of Jerubbabel, went to Shechem to his mother's brothers and spoke with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, which is better for you that all 70 of the sons of Jerubbabel will reign over you or that one reign over you? Remember that I am your own flesh and bone. And his mother's brother spoke all these words concerning him in the hearing of all the men of Shechem. And their heart was inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, he is our brother. So they gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Baal birth with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. Verse 5. Then he went to his father's house at Orphra and killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jerubbabel, on one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubbabel, was left because he hid himself. And all the men of Shechem gathered together at uh, all of Beth Milo, And they went and made Abimelech king beside the Terebinth tree at the pillar that was in Shechem. So Gideon is dead. And so now we see an evil plan coming to fruition. So this plan is in place. And Gideon's son, Abimelech, one of the 70, he had 70 kids, you guys, 70 sons. I have three and that's enough. He had 70 of them from different women, okay? And here he has this idea, Abimelech has this idea that he wants to be ruler over Israel. He gets power hungry. He wants the power. He wants to lead. And so what does he do? He goes to his mother's house, which is in Shechem, okay? And he goes to them and he says to them, hey, does it seem right? Do you want 70 of these other guys, uh, others brothers of uh, of mine, the sons of Jerubbabel, Gideon, do you want them ruling over you? Or would you, rather having, would you rather have your own flesh and your own blood be your king? Oh, let's think about that. Other guys that aren't of our, our tribe ruling over us or one of our own. Well, as we read, they wanted Abimelech. And so he, he comes with this idea to, uh, to rule. And so the the brothers, the uncles, then go to the men and the leaders of Shechem. And by the way, guys, do you know what Shechem is? Where Shechem was? And what's the relevance of Shechem? Well, I'll tell you. Shechem is the spot that Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel together. 
Remember Joshua, right? You guys remember in Joshua 24, 15, when he gathered all the tribes of Israel in Shechem, do you know what he said to them? Joshua 24, 15. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This took place in Shechem, you guys. This conversation with the Israelites. And not only did Joshua say this, but check out what else he said in Joshua 24, 25. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statue and an ordinance in where? Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone and he set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. Guys, decision-making wasn't new in Shechem, okay? The children of Israel were making some pretty big decisions, right? Joshua was saying, follow God, because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow the Lord. What are you going to do? So Abimelech goes to Shechem, and he speaks to his, his uncles, and they, they take it to the leaders of the city, and they say, yeah, you know what? We want him to be our leader. So hey, let's, let's fund this campaign, Let's give him some money. Do you guys notice where they took the money from? From a false god. They took it from a false god and said, here, why don't you start this work with this money? Well, one Bible scholar said this about the topic, and I thought this was pretty awesome. It should be on the screen. It says, a work begun under the name of an influence of the devil is not likely to end to the glory of God or to the welfare of man. I would have to agree with that, would you? If you're planning to start a work, make sure it honors God. Make sure it honors the Lord. If not, then be wise and don't do it. But anyways, with all this money though, Abimelech then hires in verse 4, he hires worthless and reckless men. Here is my opinion of what's taking place. The first gang is being formed. I mean, he's hiring worthless and reckless men to go do what? Go kill some people. Let's go kill people. In fact, it's not just people. It's my brothers. I'm going to go kill them. Let's go kill them. So he, he takes them and he goes to his father's house and he kills the sons of Gideon. All of them except for one, right? Jotham, the youngest. Now, he must have heard the massacre going on because he hid himself, right? I mean, 70 guys, that's a lot of people. That's probably more than what's in here, right? 70 people dead, but Jotham hid out and he, and he, he hid from the massacre. So after the massacre, what takes place? The men of Shechem gather at the pillar that was in Shechem and they made Abimelech king. Guys, that, that pillar was the very spot where Joshua left the law of the Lord. I believe that that location was not an accident. I believe that was a God thing. That that's where it happened. That that's where they anointed him as king. That's where they chose him as king. Here, Israel is participating in this wickedness and this evil. And oh, by the way, you're going to do it when the law of the Lord is right there. Maybe God was trying to reach out to them. Maybe God was trying to reach them and say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Come and follow me, my ways. 
Guys, even after the massacre, God gave the people an opportunity to come back to Him. But the people had such a strong desire to follow their flesh, to follow their wants and their ways, that they ignored God. They ignored Him. Guys, the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful. Did you know that? The heart is deceitful. Above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? So that is, the, that is saying that we all, all of us have a sinful nature. We all have a sinful nature. In fact, Paul speaks about our sinful nature in the book of Romans, the book of Corinthians, the book of Ephesians, and the book of Colossians. And there is a huge battle that's taking place. A huge battle. A battle that maybe we're not aware of taking place. But I think you are. It's the battle between the flesh and the Holy Spirit. Paul described it like this in the, in the book of Galatians. Galatians 5.17 The sinful nature wants to do evil. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Do you guys see what Paul is saying? There is a battle going on. Your flesh wants to do this, but the Spirit of God in you is saying, no, I want you to do this. They're warring. Have you guys ever experienced that? I'm sure you've experienced it because of all the things that we see in this world that the, the enemy in the world is trying to entice you with. It's trying to get your eyes, the, eye, the lust of the eyes, right? It's out there. So I know, I know that I can't be the only one that battles with the flesh and the spirit. I hope not. <laughs> but we have a choice. Did you know that? You have a choice? You have a choice. I have a choice. We can follow the desires of our sinful nature, or we can follow the desires of the Spirit. You have a choice. God loves you so much that He gave you the choice to make. He loves you so much. He says, you know what? I love you. You make the choice. It's up to you. I desire you. I want you. I want you to be obedient to me, but you need to choose. You need to choose. We have a choice. The Bible says when you follow though, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. You guys ready for this? It's probably already up there. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So when you follow your flesh, that is what you're going after. It's pretty intense. That doesn't happen today. That's not relevant for today. Man, Paul is old school. We don't struggle with that stuff. Guys, this lifestyle is very attractive. It is very attractive, but you need to understand the outcome of this lifestyle. You need to understand the choice that you make. There's an outcome for that, that choice. The outcome of choosing the flesh, Galatians 5.21b, I will warn you, I warn you as I warned you before, 
that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Truth. So are you battling with your flesh? Are you battling with your flesh? The things that tempt the eye, the, the things that draw you away, that take you away from God. You see it on TV, you see it through Facebook, newspapers, if anybody reads newspapers anymore, or on your tablets or wherever, there's things trying to, to tempt that flesh because the flesh is weak, the Bible says, to pull you away from God. And, and like we learned on Sunday, Satan is trying to deceive you. He's trying to feed these lies saying, oh, this is wonderful. If you have an affair, it's going to be okay. Everybody in life is okay with it. It's not going to ruin your family. It's not going to hurt your kids. They're okay with it. Kids are used to parents splitting up. Just do it. But that's a lie. That's a lie. And if we choose that lifestyle and we continue in that lifestyle and not turn to God, it says that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> Man, if you're battling the flesh tonight, you're going to lose. If you're battling your flesh, you're going to lose. Now, I hate to lose. I hate to lose. And if any of you guys do anything sports-related with me or anything competition, I want to win. Okay? You can pray for me, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> but I like to win. Who wants to lose? It's like, oh, I want to lose. <laughs> no. I want victory. Do you guys want victory? Well, the Bible tells us that we can have victory by walking in the Spirit of God. Because by walking in the Spirit of God, the outcome of that choice, the Bible says, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you don't want to win that battle against the flesh? Then walk in the Spirit of the Lord. Walk in His ways, not your ways. You, will, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can have victory over your flesh. Amen? I mean, that's awesome. All of us can have this. All we have to do is come to Jesus. Come to Him. You know, we, all the songs, come to Jesus. Wrap me in your arms. Man, that's, that should be our heart's desire. Wrap me in your arms. I'm coming to you because this war I can't take. I'm going to be an innocent bystander and I'm going to fall. But I just want to come to you. We need to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. So going back into our, our, our text, we, the Israelites had the opportunity. They had it right there. They had the law of the Lord right by their side, yet they chose to continue in their ways. So the men, the men of Shechem are told, they're foretold of a disaster that would be coming if they continued in these ways. Verses 7 through 21, it says this, now, when they told Jotham, uh, he went and stood on the top of Mount Gerzim, and he lifted his voice and cried out, and he said to them, speaking to the men of Shechem, Listen to me, you men of Shechem. I guess it tells us that, huh? <laughs> that God may listen to you. The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, Reign over us! But the olive tree said to them, Should I cease giving my oil, with which they honor God and men, and go to sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the fig tree, You come and reign over us. 
But the fig tree said to them, Should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go to sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Should I cease my new wine, with cheers, uh, which cheers both God and men, and go to sway over the trees? Every time I hear trees, I think of the Lorax, right? <laughs> Verse 14. Then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, if in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Wow. So verse 16, after this parable, Jesus wasn't the one to invent parables, by the way. Okay, here we see a parable. It's his word, though. So I guess he did invent it. Going on, verse 16. Now therefore, if you, have the, if you have acted in truth and sincerity in making Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jerubal and his house and have done to him as he deserves, for my father fought for you, risked his life, and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. But you have risen up against my father's house this day and killed his 70 sons on one stone and made Abimelech the son of his female servant king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If then you have acted in truth and sincerity with Jerubbabel and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let, the fire, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and Beth Milo. And let the fire come from the men of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away and fled. And he went to Beer and dwelt there for the fear of Abimelech, his brother. So uh, Jotham then comes out, gives this parable, and he says, Hey, you know, these trees, right? The trees want to, are looking to, are for a ruler to be over them. So he goes, the, the trees go to the olive tree. They say no. The fig tree says no. The vine says no. They did not want to sacrifice what they had to become ruler, okay? But then the trees... Go to the bramble. Do you know what a bramble is? It is a thorn bush. They go to a thorn bush, right? And the only thing a bramble was good for was fueling fire. The bramble was speaking of Abimelech. Nothing good was going to come from him. The only thing that was going to come from him was a disaster. The only thing that was going to come from him was a disaster. So Jotham, the youngest son, gets this, he gets, you know, boldness, and he says to him, if you think this is right on how you've acted with Jerubbabel's house, if you think it's okay to go in and kill them all, if you think that's all right, and, and make Abimelech your king, the, the, the one son from his female servant, from Gideon's female servant, if you're okay with that, then rejoice in that. A little sarcastic, I would think. But he was so passionate because he knew it was wrong. He knew that it was wrong. Their actions were wrong. But he says to them, if you're, if you're good with killing 70 innocent people, then go ahead, be happy with Abimelech as your king. There's much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges next time. 
You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Though God doesn't need our money, He most certainly uses our stewardship and faithfulness to accomplish His will. Would you consider giving towards the ongoing expenses of bringing you grace to the hearers on this station? If so, a secure option to give a gift of any amount is available by clicking the Donate button at gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Again, to make a secure donation, log on to gracetothehearers.com. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. Thank you.